Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And today, it's one of everyone's favorite topics every year. It seems like there used to be a season for this. You know, it used to be around the trade deadline. We really shift into talking about trades. Now, it seems like it's what a lot of people want to talk about all the time. Uh, not always my favorite thing to do, but as we've discussed throughout the season, it's that type of year for the Colorado Rockies. A lot of this year has been about finding out what they have, what they don't have, what they can move on from, and what they can get for some of these veterans on their roster. So I wanted to go through and give us a most our most updated look right now as we go into right as we begin the month where you're making these decisions going into the trade deadline. Uh, about who's got what kind of value, what can you get for them. And so I figured I'd I'd do that conversation today. I think the best place to begin is with the trade that already happened, right? I think this is a good baseline to look at what we're talking about here. As most of you listening to this are probably aware, the Rockies did one of these moves that we've been talking about for a long time they needed to do in trading Mike Moustakis for a 23-year-old right-handed pitcher, And I'm not 100% sure how to say his name, so I'm just pronouncing it the way that I find to be most fun. And that is Connor Van Skoyak. (laughs) Sounds a little bit like a a Star Trek name, Skoyak. Uh, That might not be correct. I, I haven't heard it pronounced yet. The important thing here, though, obviously, is that the Rockies got a pitcher under 25 years old for a veteran player who they signed at minimum who was having an okay season, nothing super flashy, but was providing them some value off the bench, and they were able to get some potential future value for him, right? This should be essentially the template for what they do. Let's talk about young Connor for just a moment. He's a six foot six, big boy, 234. Like I said, right-handed throwing pitcher. Uh, He was an 11th round draft pick back in 2018. Uh, by the Angels, right? So we're not talking about a guy with a ton of prospect pedigree here. And you wouldn't have expected that, as I said throughout. And this is going to be, again, the case as we talk about guys like Profar, Gritchick on down the line, right? You're not getting top end, you know, guys who are going to be in the top 100 or even players who are likely to be in other teams' top five or top 10 prospects. But maybe one of those guys in that 10 to 15 range, maybe some long shot candidates, and some of those have worked out well for the Rockies, right? To give you the free agency equivalent, and now these players are obviously much older, but we talked about this in the offseason when they signed guys like Brad Hand and Brent Suter, right? Those are low risk, potentially high reward guys that you get because they're they're coming off you know bad seasons or whatever but that you need a lot of them right that you need to go and get several so a similar principle applies here but with younger players who are going to have less on their resumes that they've proven it may be the case that this young connor van skoyak as i've decided to call him i might be close um he may never get to the bigs right the highest he's pitched is at uh high a uh, that's where he'd been with LA so far this season. He pitched 62 innings there, 11 starts uh, for them with an ERA of 276, which is pretty good. Now he is 23 years old, so he's a little bit old for high A, not super old, uh, you know. But you would like to see that at, at more advanced levels before you start getting too excited. If he was a 23 year old putting up a 276 ERA, for example, in Triple A or in Double A, even uh, you're going okay. This is much more exciting. Since moving to the Rockies, he's only made one start. 6.1 innings pitched. Very nice. 
One earned run. He did give up nine hits. There was another unearned run scored behind him. Seven strikeouts, right? He's had some decent strikeout numbers in uh, his time in LA. Uh, in his last full season a year ago when he was at A-ball, he made 23 starts and had a 428 ERA. So again, that's why he's still in the lower minors and not, he wasn't exactly blowing the doors down. But what he was doing was striking guys out at a 105 hitter per nine clip. That's very, very good. And only walking guys at a 2.93 clip, which was much improved from what he had been before, which was, uh, so before that in 2019 and 2021, he also had double digit strikeout per nine rates, 11.16, 10.5 and 11.41. However, the walk rates were astronomical. 8.03 is just, you can't be walking eight guys. That's, you know, when Riley Pint was you know, doing his his thing early in his career. Five is much better, but still you can't, I mean, in the minor, if you're doing five and 5.32 walks per nine innings, that's just, that's why his ERA was 7.99. You know, the, you, you can't give away that many free bases in professional baseball and find success. But since then, starting last year in 2022, it's down to that 2.93 level. Uh, this year, it was 363 with them. And with the Rockies now, again, he's only pitched in the one game. Let's see. And he walked one guy in 6.1 innings. That you can live with, right? Seven strikeouts to one walk. That's one game. But that's that's an, a ratio you'll take. Now, again, so, so that's what the, they have here. You hope he becomes a thing. But what you really hope is that they get three or four more guys with a very similar profile. Like, oh, okay, if that if that command adjustment, whatever it was, is real, right? One of the things I like about uh, Connor's profile actually across the board is he doesn't give up very many home runs. Never has. Now, maybe that's because he's so wild when he was walking people. It's like he, he didn't throw it over the plate enough for guys to, to take him yard. Uh, but throughout his minor league career, just does not give up the home run ball very much. So if he can keep the walks down, the Rockies may be onto something a little bit here. And again, maybe, maybe not. You're talking about somebody else's 11th round draft pick. So it's kind of, you know, you if it does turn into something, you've, you've really done a good thing. If not, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't cost you much, right? So, but some of these guys hit. Some of them, it, it does click and they become something for your ball club. They become, sometimes they become Scott Oberg, right? But sometimes they become Matt Belial, right? And both of those things are incredibly potentially valuable for your team. So let's start with, as I've often said, right? There are basically three different categories of veterans that could slash should be traded on the Rockies right now. First, you've got the guys who I think just basically should be traded. Then you've got some of the more difficult but higher value candidates and then you've got the ones that are emotionally challenging, right? So let's start with the more obvious stuff, and we'll we'll end with the emotional stuff. Let's begin with some of the go-to examples. Jerickson Profar. Uh, I know that there's, there are a lot of folks uh, out there very, very frustrated with him. And I understand, uh, and, and we've kind of had this conversation before, that like on the base level, yeah, if you look at his OPS+, plus, his WRC+, plus, like that, there's been no power this year there were some home runs early on but that's basically gone away uh, so there's almost no slugging whatsoever he's slugging 378 or he's on basing 322 that's his his best thing that he's got going is that he's been able to draw some walks he obviously had that that streak going but as i've argued several times actually the best thing that he has going is consistency consistency of at bats uh, even the consistency of defense and base running which aren't great but they're major league caliber 
right? And so they are things that I think, while a lot of people are saying, ah, the Rockies will never get anything from Moustakis, it's going to be a similar thing here with Profar, where you're not going to get a lot for him. But if there's a team out there that especially if they think that, well, okay, you know, foundationally, one of the reasons he was able to get on base in so many consecutive games is that several of the foundations of his game are still intact. And he put up a two and a half win season a year ago that there might be a thought of, okay, in the second half is where he's going to get the majority of his value. And so, yeah, we'll give up our 11th round pick. Again, we're not, no one's saying, oh, someone's going to give up a great prospect for jerks and profile, but a similar guy um, like Van Skoyak, uh, who, you know, sometimes it's a matter of teams don't have enough room on their 40 man roster. They're not sure they're going to protect a guy. They might end up losing him anyway. And some of those fringe guys have value. And so, yeah, they'd rather throw Jerks and Profar as the final guy on their bench for uh, a stretch run, knowing that at the very least he can give him a good at bat. He does have a little bit of pop uh, at times, you know, certainly more than guys that, you know, he's still like a double digit home run guy, for example, as opposed to, say, a Rymel Tapia or, or my guys like Juan Pierre, you know, who are going to hit <laughs> a couple of home runs a season. Tony Walters, if you will, right? There's value in that. And so uh, I'll be curious to see if there is anyone out there, especially maybe one of his uh, old teams who might be interested in picking him up if they feel like they can unlock uh, something from him. But that's one, I think, where the Rockies really do need to jump on the first thing that comes across their board at all. The one tricky thing with him is that they did sign him to a little bit of a contract. So whoever picks him up is going to have to either pay some of that or the Rockies are going to have to eat a decent amount of it, which it'll almost certainly be that second thing where the Rockies end up paying for it. But if they can get even a semi-decent prospect out of the deal, they should just do that and, and move on from the situation because then it opens up more room for more young guys to play and again now you've doubled if you will your odds of one of these pitchers turning into something for you right so that's where profar is right now the 241 batting average the 82 ops plus isn't inspiring in the least bit uh you know but there are the other things there those things that do matter uh, matter to gms the professionalism, whatever you want to call it. it's There's, there's a, a, a floor that you know that you're getting uh, out of Profar uh, that is comfortable. And I can absolutely see a GM being like, and we expect in the second half, he'll actually give us a little bit more than that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the Rockies, because of the contract, may end up just kind of being stuck with him. Uh, if that does end up being the case, I hope that it, they're that in the second half, they just play the younger guys anyway, essentially bench him. I don't want to put it <laughs> exactly like that, but yeah, essentially bench him. So, all right, moving on now to Harold Castro. Harold Castro has been uh, an interesting case because like with Profar, he doesn't slug at all. No slugging whatsoever. Uh, one home run, 337 in terms of the slugging percentage, just terrible. Only at 289 on base, bad. So the 63 OPS plus, one of the lower marks among qualified hitters in baseball. That said, Harold Castro is hitting 271. Now I know, I know, batting average ain't what it used to be. But when we're talking about 
you know, players that aren't superstars who get picked up at the trade deadline, a lot of times what you're talking about is a veteran who brings a very specific skill to a team that's already pretty good, right? Usually the teams who are picking up veteran players are teams that are expecting to compete, are already good at several other positions. They just need a few extra pieces. Now, Harold Castro is not the the piece that's going to take you from maybe in it to a contender, right? But if one of the things you're having trouble with is you don't have anybody on your bench that you feel like can really make good contact, can can make sure that you've got a, a good contact rate. So if you've got runners at second and third and one out in a tie ball game in the seventh inning, and you just got to send somebody in there to make sure that they don't strike out. He's only struck out 36 times on the season in... 166 at bats, 174 plate appearances, only 36 strikeouts. That's only three more than Charlie Blackman, who hasn't played in nearly as many games, right? 56 games for Blackman. Oh, I guess it's closer than I thought. Castro's only played in 60, but still not very many strikeouts. So there's value there. I know I'm going to sound like I'm repeating myself, but it's not going to get you another team's top prospect. There are clubs out there who'd be interested in giving you a little something for a guy like that, right? There's a reason Castro had such a long career in Detroit as well. And the other thing with him uh, that we always talk about, stuff that doesn't get you know captured in, in the statistics, is, isn't accounted for in war, is that he plays multiple positions. Now, he doesn't just play multiple positions. He plays multiple up-the-middle defensive positions, which allows you to do all kinds of interesting things as a manager if you're double-switching late in games, if you've got uh, a team that's contending that maybe has a second baseman who absolutely rakes but is a little bit of a defensive liability. You can send Castro in for him uh, late in a game as a defensive replacement. Same thing at shortstop. He can even play center field. He can basically play any of the outfield positions for you if you need him to do that. But guys who can play the outfield and also shortstop and second base and hit 270 are fairly rare. No, it's not the most valuable thing in the world, but there is some value in that. And so I think the Rockies should... They should be able to find a partner for Harold Castro. If they were able to find one for Mike Moustakis, I feel like they should be able to find one for Castro. You know what you're getting with him, right? No, There's no confusion there. You're not expecting him to come in and, and hit a bunch of homers for your team. But he brings defensive quality and a really good contact skill. And then there's Randall Gritchick, who's quietly been pretty darn good. Now, he hasn't been entirely healthy all the time. But when he's been out there, 48 games, a 294 batting average, a 357 on base, a 428 slugging. That's what they like to see. Now, if you adjust for course field, it's just a 104 OPS plus in a half a season. That's a bit egregious. And, and we've talked about that before. But a couple of home runs would really like to have seen him hit a few more in, in this month. This is the guy I think can really... Uh, increase his value because he does have a history of being a a 20 plus home run guy. He also has a history of being somebody who can get really hot for a couple of months. Randall Gritch is, is exactly the kind of X factor, you know, guy that if I'm a GM out there and my owner hasn't given me, you know, the, 
the rite of passage to go and get a big name guy at the deadline. He doesn't want to trade any of our top prospects or whatever, just our next level or B level prospects. And I'm thinking, who can I get for that? That might actually end up being just as big in addition to the ball club. Randall Gritchick is one of those guys because he can hit a bunch of home runs in a hurry. He can play all three outfield spots defensively pretty well. Um, at times, he's been a, a tremendous defender in his career. The injuries and certain things, and it's tough to tell because Coors Field tanks everybody's defensive numbers. Um, but this is a guy, you know, good athlete, good runner, good arm, good power. Uh, yes, there's a lot of strikeout in his game, and there always has been. But right now, um, as of this season anyway, again, when he's been on the field, so depending on how all the health stuff checks out, if he can hit some home runs, uh do a little bit of something again you, you gotta wonder about the health but if that checks out uh, that's somebody i think that the rockies could get a sneaky decent prospect for again they should all be pitchers if at all possible if anyone's willing to give you pitching of any kind you got to take that right but gritchick is the guy that, that i think very quietly uh teams could get interested in in a hurry right and then, you know, as far as other things on on down the line, I don't know the guys like Jonathan Daza or in his short time, Austin wins. You know, by the way, Daza back at the club and then hurt again. Um, and then, you know, they just DFA'd Alfaro, so they've decided he didn't have, uh, you know, a ton of value. So I don't think you're, you're looking at anything along those lines. You could be interested in either of the two guys I just mentioned, in, uh, Brent Suter or Brad Hand, considering they're on shorter-term deals. And they are veteran players who, as good as they've been and as much fun as particularly Brent Suter has been, uh, I really enjoy him just kind of across the board. Uh, you know, if you can get something that's going to be around in the future for a couple of years, uh, again, they're, they're, it's kind of shot in the dark. You hope it pans out. It might not. You might move on from some guys you've liked who've been good here for your ball club. And either one, if you could get them to come back next year at, you know, relatively what they've been making would be great. I'd rather have those players than not those players. You know, I'm far more intrigued or interested by or singularly focused on getting more pitching in. But it does make sense if these guys are veterans who aren't going to be on the team next year. If they're just going to leave in free agency, you may as well trade them for pitching that's going to be around next year with both of them having relatively decent years. Lefty relievers are always going to be valuable on the trade market. Both of them have had a little bit of health issues, both during and coming into the year. So there might be some red flags there for GMs looking to acquire them. But numbers wise, they've proven that both can still be incredibly effective. And I think both would be super valuable to a team uh, looking for. Again, those, those are usually the most popular final piece type of moves. Uh, relievers. Remember back to when the Rockies were in it in 2017-2018, it was Pat Neshek, Songwon Oh. Those are the guys that you acquire to, to make that type of run. Lefties are even more valuable, and when you've got some that are going well, as they do with these two guys, uh, yeah, that, that could be a thing there. So be on the lookout for, again, you know, they've got to be healthy, but a 170 ADRA plus, plus for Brent Suter and 120, I'm sorry, a 138 for Brad Hand Hand has only gone 27.1 innings. For a while, their suitor was an iron man. He was He's still at 41.2. Uh, quite a few innings pitched for him. So those are guys, if you're going to move any pitchers, uh, 
maybe Pierce Johnson if there's a team out there who likes that. But I, I like the idea of keeping the Colorado kid around as long as possible. Bird and Lawrence, you want to leave exactly where they are. And then obviously we're not talking about trading out starting pitching. I just, does it, what, I mean, if somebody wants them, I guess, but I don't think there's anything to go on there. So then you've got the category of, well, CJ Crone, I guess, right? Now, Crone is an interesting case because he's having a down year and he's been hurt, right? The OPS plus right now is at an 80, but he's got six homers in 40 games. We all know how hot he can get. I think sometimes fans and media, when we talk about these types of trades or, or we have these conversations, we forget that GMs can project more than just you know what CJ Crone has done in his last 40 games. Now, he is 33 years old and he's been hurt, so there's some reason to believe maybe he's just going to have an entirely down year and you, and you don't want to go out and acquire him and he is on an expiring contract so if you acquire this guy and he continues to just kind of struggle then you know you're you're tough you're you're out of luck right there right but crone is absolutely one of those guys i was saying about gritchick but crone even more so obviously who can hit a bunch of home runs in a hurry who can get really really hot who could quickly become you know like the a middle of the order hitter for a team, especially if you know you're looking for that DH type of role, or maybe you've got a spot at first base, uh, whatever it is. Just because he's not had the best year doesn't mean that Crone has lost all of his value from who he was a year ago when he was an All Star, right? Is it as much? No. Can he do a lot to improve it in the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. Uh, I also think it's important. Uh, to remind everyone that he's he's better defensively than he gets credit for, and he's he's been pretty good again defensively this year, and that may be another thing. You never know what you know teams are projecting what they full on need, but there is some value there as well for Crone. And I don't think they're going to trade Charlie Blackman. Uh, you, you know, with the injuries and everything else going on with him, I think it's just going to be the case that you ride that one out. And uh, unless he specifically requests it, I don't think you do anything there. So those are the guys. Um, Crone, I'm 50-50 on whether he actually gets moved. I do think if he gets really hot, the Rockies will trade him. I do think if, if someone calls and offers him something for Crone, they'll trade him. I don't think they'll settle for you know, somebody else's 11th round to go back to the beginning of the conversation, right? For all these other guys, everybody else that I've mentioned, Castro, Profar, maybe try to get a little something better for Gritchick. And if you're going to move Suter or Hand, you want something a little better for those guys too. But you can be getting other teams' 5th to 12th round draft picks for those guys, especially if they're pitchers. And I suspect they'll make two or three more moves. I hope they make four or five more moves. Crone's obviously the big one, though. I do think if he gets hot and someone says, all right, we'll give you... We we actually do believe that Crone is, is a piece that's going to tie our offense together for the final stretch and make a difference. And obviously, Crone can be one of those guys, right? We all know that he can. And uh, he would be really great on a team out there that just needs one more big bat to put them over the top. 
with the contract expiring, with the number of corner infield guys that the Rockies have, and specifically with the fact that Nolan Jones has earned his playing time. Hasn't earned CJ Crone's playing time. I mean, Nolan Jones has earned Nolan Jones's playing time. You have to continue to see what you have got with this young man. And you need to start making a decision about a Lauris Montero, by the way, which is my conversation for the next podcast. Then it's time, even though he's been great for your organization, he's loved being a Rocky and everyone's loved having him. It's going to be time to trade CJ Crone. But they can really only do that if he shows another team out there that it's worth giving them something pretty decent. Because if they settle, you know, there's no reason to settle for a C-level prospect for a guy like that at this point. I know a lot of people say anything you can get is better than nothing, but I don't know. We'll find out what happens. We'll, we'll play it by year from now to then. That's where the Rockies stand going into this month where they got to start making decisions on trading these guys. I do think they can get some interesting candidates in here. I'm... I'm very much intrigued by the guy they got for Moustakis. You know, it's it's not the most overwhelming resume I've ever seen, but there's definitely things there to like, and especially if he can get moved up to double-A before too long and keep some of this, uh, some of the peripherals that he's had going better, particularly the lower walks, then they might have something here. You get three or four more of those guys in, and the future of the pitching in your organization starts to look and feel quite a bit better than it does as I sit here today on July 1st. So thank you all for listening in. You have been absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.